As we grow up, we often um, have people we want to imitate, right? That there's certain folks who are really good at something, and so we say, yeah, I, I want to imitate that person, how they do certain things. Um, you know, our uh, CYO Youth Basketball League, the signups are, are going on right now, right? Today and, and tomorrow. And a lot of kids, you know, when, uh, I can't remember exactly when, they used to be like, I want to be like Mike, right? Michael Jordan, and that was the phrase. I want to be like Mike, because he's the best player. And so many people would try to imitate him. Nowadays, it's, it's more LeBron James. He's the best player. And so people will watch him because he's the best player. Kids will watch him, and they will try to do those things that he does. Now, the one problem with that is I know when I try to be like LeBron James, I, I'm only 5'8", right? <laughs> he's 6'9 and 250 pounds. Uh, so there's just certain things that he does that even though I really want to do them, even though I try to imitate, there's just certain things that, that I can't do. And as we live our Christian life, really what it comes down to, the, and, and we talk about this on our Wednesday night study, we've been talking about it, is that it comes down to imitating Jesus. That whatever we see Jesus doing, we try to do those things because we realize that he's the person we want to be like. That Christian living is about being like Jesus. But a part of that is also understanding that I want to be like Jesus, but I'm not Jesus. <laughs> There's certain things that I can't do, and that's okay. And when we become a, a better basketball player or a better coach, one of those things is understanding, yes, I want to imitate but there's also just certain things that I'm limited in doing. And so as we finish up, this is our last uh, Sunday on Walk the Walk. We end with this idea that really when it comes down to it, to walk the walk is walking as Jesus walked. So our scripture, our, our focus scripture is taken from 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. It says, whoever says he abides in Jesus ought to walk in the same way that he walked. So again, when it comes down to it, how do we walk the walk? Well, we walk the same way that Jesus does. You see, how did Jesus live? And we seek to live in a similar way. We value what he values. We treat others as he did. We believe what he believed. We do the things that we see him doing. But at the same time, again, we realize that Jesus is the unique son of God. And he has a unique role that we shouldn't nor can we fill but rather we gratefully receive what Christ has done for us. And then from that place of receiving what Christ has for us, then we live in obedience and imitation. Right? When it, when, that's what this scripture is going to talk about. So our, our focus verse is 1 John 2, 6. So what do I want you to cry out for? Context, thank you. Pretty soon we'll get it, right? Don't just yank that first John 2, 6 out of there. We want, well, what's the context? Well, starting back in chapter 1, uh, the Apostle John, he's writing this letter. Remember, we looked at 3 John. He's writing 1 John. In chapter 1, he says, all right, I want you to walk in the light of Christ. And a part of walking in the light of Christ is also recognizing that in our hearts, we have some, certain, some darkness, that we have some sin and that a part of what Christ has done is he's freed us from that sin so that now we can walk in the light. 
So verse, uh, um, chapter 1, verse 10 says, If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So we covered this a few weeks ago that one of the things is if you try to live like Christ lived, if you try to live that sinless life, and, and I hope you try, you'll soon find out that you, you can't, that you fail. Um, that although Christ was sinless, we try to emulate him, we end up uh, being confronted with our own failure to live sinlessly, sinlessly. But the good news is that's not the end. Right? That we don't just try to live like Christ. We realize, oh, I can't do it. I'm a failure and I, I've got sin. And so I can't stand before God. No, that's not the end of the story. Right? Because Jesus, he entered the equation and he makes us right with God. So when we come down to 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, he says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So my friends, our imitation of Christ, our walking as Jesus walked, has to be completely dependent, wholly based on his work, first and foremost. That as I try uh, and walk the walk, and, and I will fail, the good news is that Jesus was the propitiation. That's a fancy church word. How about atoning sacrifice? No, that's also a church word. Um, it's where the idea here is that God and sin can't coexist. That if God is a just God, then those things that go against God uh, must be punished. Must, his wrath goes against them. And Jesus comes and, say, and, and, and the Father sends Jesus to, um, to take on that wrath, to take on the punishment, to atone for us. He is our propitiation. He's our atoning, atoning sacrifice so that we are right with God. Through Christ's obedience, through his self-sacrifice, I can now walk as, with God as a fully forgiven and established child of God. So that's the good news. And when we, when we observe the Lord's Supper, which we'll do later uh, after the sermon, is we are remembering that, that Christ is our atoning sacrifice. His body, his blood was shed so that we are right with God. And and, but, and, and now that we've been adopted into his family, now that we've been, if you will, drafted onto Team Jesus, now we can obey and imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. But it has to be wholly based on his work. And then we come to verse 3. So that's why John, he establishes that. And then in verse 3 it says, And by this we know that we've come to know him, if we keep his commandments. Again, obey and imitate. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So, My friends, obedience and imitation. Obedience and imitation. Here, John challenges us. That because we've been made right with God, because we are now his children, Jesus has taken care of everything that would separate us from God, now we're actually able to obey God and imitate Christ. 
And here he challenges us. Think of, you know, that obedience. Yeah, that's a dirty word nowadays. But obedience, really, it's God calling us. He's challenging us to abandon all of our self-seeking and to take up the cross as Jesus did so that even in obedience, there is that element of imitation because Jesus did whatever he saw the Father doing, whatever God commanded him to do, uh, he would do. And so God is calling us now to imitate, to take up our cross. And God's love to us as he gave that sacrifice And then, uh, because we receive his love, because we understand his love and that he's made us right and called us as his children, even though we were sinners, we give that love back to God. And we give that love to others as well. And that word love here in 1 John, actually, the word love occurs in 1 John more than any other New Testament book which is amazing because 1 John is not that long. It's a shorter book. And love, really, is lived out obedience and imitation because love delights to do God's will. See, love delights to, if you really love someone, you delight to do their will. And so it is if when we love God because he first loved us, which is in 1 John, um, we delight to do his will. All right, so the application here is as, as it comes, John gives us the application. He sets up all of that deep theology, all those big theological words like propitiation and obedience and all these things. And then he ends it in verse 6 and says, so walk as Jesus walked. The goal of Christian living is to grow and be more like Jesus. And that's why our mission, you know, our mission is to worship God, to love people, and to grow Christ followers right? Grow Christ followers. That's what this verse says, is walk as Jesus walked. That is our goal. That's our mission, that we would become more and more reflective of Jesus. We would do as he does. That's our mission, to grow Christ followers, not tradition followers, not people followers, but Christ followers. And that's, we, we want that for ourselves, and we want that for one another, as again, we seek to walk in the way that Jesus walked. Now again, it's walk as Jesus walked, not necessarily do everything that Jesus did, because again, we imitate Jesus, but we have to realize that we are not Jesus. And that's where, again, we walk as Jesus walked, we see how he did things, but we also realize that there is a big part of, some, of, of our Christian life that we can't do, that we have to rely on Jesus to, that we have to receive. And again, that is really the basis, that he has a unique role, that Jesus is God. And that's why that context leading up to our, our focus verse, 1 John 2, 6, and that imitation, it's no, truly know Jesus, truly receive him so that you're in a right relationship with God. And you're relate, if you're in right relationship with the God of the universe and you know the love of God, now through that right relationship, Now, God will empower you and me to walk as Jesus walked. It has to be in that order. Otherwise, happens what what I talked about. We try and emulate Jesus, and we do it for a little while, but then sooner or later, we fail. And so, we have to realize, again, just like a, a good ball player, there's certain things we can do, and there's certain things we can't do. That, yes, we try to live a sinless life, but we can't. 
We can't stand before God without an advocate. We can't appease God's wrath. We can't make up for our sins. Jesus does that for us. And so what I want to emphasize is that before, I mean, you might want my sermon to be over right now, but I still have a little bit more, but I want to stop and give an application and a call right now, and that is, you know, confess that. Confess that, dear God, if you've never before, really just block everything out right now. And you know, you know that you haven't lived a perfect life. You know that you can't stand before God on your own. Confess that to God. Say, God, I'm, I'm unable to stand before you. I have, I've sinned. I've done wrong. I've been a pro- part of the problem. And then confess, because confess biblically is accept. So yeah, we accept that we've done wrong, but then we accept that Jesus has done right on our behalf. And so if you've never done that, really, that's the application. Because I don't want to tell you, yeah, imitate Jesus. What you see Jesus do, then you do, because you'll get frustrated. You'll find, you'll run up into failure, unless you have no self-awareness and, and you don't understand that, yeah, we all sin. And then, though, once you receive Jesus, once you confess your sin and receive his gift, that he is the atoning sacrifice for your sins, then you can walk out your life. You can walk out and try to emulate Jesus, but you won't be alone. You'll have the power of the Holy Spirit working in you so that you can love more than you can love by yourself, that you can be more patient than you can be patient by yourself. You can be more forgiving than you can forgive by yourself because you have the spirit of the living God. You have the Lord Jesus Christ in you, helping you walk the walk. So please, if, if, you, if you've never before, just block everything out and just say yes to God. Say yes, Jesus. And then, then that's when you, you begin your journey. And from that point, then we can obey and imitate Christ. So while we can't atone for sins, we do take up our cross daily. Right? That is when we see and when we truly understand and receive what Christ has done. Then, out of love, we say, you know, Jesus, uh, he, he died for me. Like, he did not seek to, to be served, but he served. So, so now I'm going to emulate him. Now I'm going to imitate him. And whatever I see he does, I'm going to try to do. But it's from that place. And so when we look at Jesus, we see the self-sacrifice. We see the forgiveness. We see the love. We, we see him sharing the good news of God empowered by the Spirit. And we, we look at how Jesus lived. We look at how he walked. And then we seek to do likewise. Back 20 years or so ago, I don't remember now, there was this big push, right? Uh, what would Jesus do? Now, those of you who've been a Christian for a while might remember that. You had the bracelets, WWJD, right? Now, the thing is, is that one of the reasons it was so popular is because it's wise. Like, it's a, a very good getting back to basics. It's kind of our script, like our scripture, right? Walk as he walked. What would Jesus do? And the thing is, is that in life, as we live our life, as we, um, as we come into contact with different situations, different choices, there's so many variables that it's hard to, to know what, what should I do. And so it's very good coming back to basics. Well, well, what would Jesus do? What would his attitude be in this situation? What would he say? What would he do in this situation? 
And so it's still, it's still good things. It's just, it got so merchandised, right? So it's like merchandising, merchandising, all right? We're going to have a WWG bracelet, a WWG flamethrower, you know? <laughs> you, some of you might get that movie reference. But, um, but yeah, and so I think that's why it kind of dissipated because it's like, all right, it's a little bit overplayed. But it still works. It's still good because that is what life is about. And again, there's, there's so many things. But there are certain areas. And, and so really today, it's like, all right, walk as Jesus walked. I mean, now we could just get hundreds of different examples, right? Because there's so many different situations in life. Like, all right, well, what would Jesus do when he had abundance, right? So, so maybe you're living in abundance and that's a, a blessing. But then, all right, well, what would Jesus do when he doesn't have much stuff, when he has little? See, the key then is, is to know Jesus through faith. That's what I talked about first, right? That we, we accept him, we receive who he is, we receive we are sinners. And, and so we come to know him through faith, but then also through the scriptures, right? We read the scriptures. And then as each situation comes up, we say, all right, well, how did Jesus do it? What was his attitudes? What would he say in a similar situation? So it's so important to know the scriptures because we want to know what Jesus would do because we have a human propensity, and that is to try to get to, we try to mold Jesus into our image instead of the other way around, which is, all right, well, what would Jesus do? And what, 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 who he, is he? And I want to be like him. So that's why we need to know the scriptures. But there's certain areas I think that we, we can look at today um, that we struggle to imitate Jesus in. And I think one is, you know, Christians here in America, we have trouble with a consumer mentality, all right? We come at things as consumers. And, and this, this is so contrary to Jesus because uh, Mark 10, 45, I think it'll be on the screen, says that when Jesus, he's talking about himself, he said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so when we look at Jesus and like, well, what would Jesus do? How does Jesus, what's his attitude? What's his words? We see first that although he is God, although he's the son of God, that he came to serve, right? That's why 1 John talks about Jesus came and gave his life. So that to understand Jesus, we first understand that he is a servant, that he came to serve. And so when we look at, all right, well, how am I living? What am I doing? We have that first question is, all right, am, am I serving or am I being served? Am I imitating Jesus? <laughs> see, I shouldn't dance when people's phones go off because then you won't turn your phone off, right? Everybody, hey, let's see pastor dance. Hey, give me a call. I want to see the pastor dance. And, But if someone has an MC Hammer ringtone, definitely. So, um, but as I was saying, we, when we look at how Jesus lived, we say, all right, if to walk the walk of Jesus, it, it means that we're going to serve others. And that consumer mentality, especially here in America, invades the church. So even the way we talk about church, we often talk about coming to church, right? Well, I'm going to go to church as if we're going to a concert or some sort of program. And then, therefore, we automatically have that consumer mentality. 
of our, what's in it for me? Whereas in the scriptures, the church, we don't come to church. We are the church. You, you be the church. You're the body of Christ. And, and so we need to re- think about that. And so, you know, when it, when it comes to, to serving, that one of the ways we're going to imitate Jesus, one of the ways we want to grow to be more like Jesus, it's going to mean serving Christ. You know, so my expectation for me, for everybody, is that the longer you're a Christian, the more you'll imitate Christ, which means you'll actually grow in service. I want to embarrass uh, John and Ellie Shea for a moment. Uh, <laughs> One of the things I appreciate about John and Ellie is the other day they were mentioning how, uh, you know, Ellie said something like, you know, we've been retired for a while, but you never retire from serving Jesus. And, and it's so true is, is that, that they have recognized that, all right, the, the longer I'm a Christian, the more I understand if I'm going to be like Jesus, then, then I'm going to serve. Yeah, I don't have to work a, a secular job anymore but still I'm called to serve Jesus. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeking to, to, to reach back and, and those kids and grandkids, I want them to be more like Jesus too. And Ellie and John seek to do that. So I appreciate them and I appreciate many of you. The other thing, um, not only do, if we're gonna seek to grow to be like Jesus, do we need to grow in service, but we also tend to be too individualistic, right? Here in America. But if we're going to imitate Jesus, and I, and I think about this as a pastor, right? I want to lead like Jesus led. And what did Jesus do? Was he this, this he was the son of God, but he, he gathered together, right? A group of apostles. He also, he says that, why did, I, I gave my life to build my body, which is the church. So Jesus, even his sacrifice was about building something. It was about community. And we serve in community, just as Jesus built up a group of followers. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, this, verse 15, and this has been our verse on Wednesday nights. The Apostle Paul says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which is re- equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So here, it's saying, all right, not only as an individual are we to grow up and walk as Jesus walked, but he's saying as a body of believers, we're to grow up into the head, who is Christ. That when each part is working properly, we're building ourselves up. We're building one another up to be more like Jesus. And that's done as a body. And that, that makes sense because think about it. As I said, there's certain things we can do, there's certain things we can't do. Yes, we want to imitate Jesus, but the fact is, he is the Son of God. He has a majesty beyond any one person, so it takes each one of us to reflect a part of who Jesus is, because his brilliance, his greatness, it transcends any one person. So it makes sense that if we're going to reflect him, that we need lots of different people. We need, as the Apostle Paul said in 1 John, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when he talked about Christ's body, he says, yeah, you are the body of Christ. The Spirit has empowered you, and there's some people who are going to be a hand, and there's some people who are going to be an eye. And that makes sense, because in order to reflect his majesty, 
we need all sorts of different types of people. And, and so we want, if we want people to grow, right, we want them to be connected to the head, who is Jesus, and empowered by the Spirit, right? Doesn't that make sense? That if we're going to grow to be like Jesus, we need to be connected to the head, but empowered by the Spirit. And we, we serve that, that illustration of, of a body. It's, it's key, because as a member of this body, our calling is to help people get in step with Christ, to obey and imitate Him. You know, preaching on Sunday, that's just one part of my role. A bigger part is equipping people, equipping you to step into your God-given shape, to step into the area of service so that you can imitate Jesus. And again, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. And so I get excited. I get excited when people come up to me and say, you know, Pastor, I... I'm growing to be more like Jesus, and so, you know, how can I serve? Because that's when I start to think, oh, you're starting to get that. You're starting to get it, that Jesus, he served, and so we are going to serve. So Ephesians 4, 16, again, each part is working properly, making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And if you're a hand, I want you to grow as a hand. If you're an eye, I want you to grow as an eye. That's where you serve best. I want to help you do that the way God created you. And so we encourage that and serve, and we seek for people to be, again, conformed to Christ. Right? Isn't that the goal? The goal is to be conformed to Christ, or to imitate Christ, to walk as he walked. Look at Romans 8.29. This is God's plan for you as well. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of of his son, right? in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. As the body of Christ, we are to help one another conform to Christ. Not conform to us. Conform to Christ. And so our vision is to grow Christ followers. That's why, we, that's why we have this grow sign up, right? It's to help one another be conformed to Christ. And that is our vision for everybody, for every person who steps up and says, I want to grow in service because that is how Jesus has, uh, uh, I, I want to imitate Jesus. I know Jesus was a servant, so I want to grow in that. And we say, yes, I want to help you, conform you to Christ and not conform to me. And, and, and many people are stepping up. Uh, yesterday we had our men's breakfast. Dave Jones uh, is, is leading that now, right? He stepped up. He sensed that call of, all right, you know, G Jesus, uh, he's a servant, and so I, I should serve. And so he stepped up to do that. But that, that, that goes with everything. Everything we do is going to be to grow Christ followers. Uh, Maybe you saw it in the newsletter, you know, at the trimester meeting. This is also our vision for our unified Sunday morning service for music. Right? Our goal is to recruit and release people. Right? Instead of conforming people to a certain style or a certain set of songs, we're encouraging our musicians to, yeah, let the Spirit lead you. Right? We, we hope many people will step up in, in exalting God as number one. 
And so expect, yeah, different worship teams from week to week, each leading the whole service in their song choices, their style that most resonates with them. So why? Why are we doing this? Because our goal is not to conform people to preferences or a certain set of songs. It's to conform people to Christ. And we understand that each person is made different. Each person, for them to be authentic, it has to be led by the Spirit, inspired by the Spirit. So if we conform people to preferences, what does that do? That undermines reliance on the Spirit. It discourages volunteers for another thing. But it also creates an atmosphere of, you know, our, our vision, our mission is really to grow Christ followers, but that's just a slogan. What we really want to do is conform people to preferences. No, we want to conform people to Christ. So uh, Judy and, um, and Nathan did a great job today. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, is that if you listen to the top 20 song styles, right, if you listen to the top 20 on the charts today, you'll notice that the song style is mostly hip-hop. I really like Toby Mac. If I want to get my jam on, I listen to some rap stuff. I'm, I'm serious. If I want to get pumped. We don't have anyone in our church that does that right now. So I'm not going to go up to uh, Nathan or Chrissy or any other of our worship people and say, listen, we want to reach young people, so get, I want you to do some hip-hop. <laughs> they could try to do it, but they wouldn't be authentic, right? They would be faking it. That's not what resonates with them. We want to release people and say, all right, you have a certain experience, you have a certain skill, and we want to encourage you to do that because we want you to worship God authentically. We don't want you to conform to a, a certain set of preferences, and so what that means, though, is that's, that's true for everything. So, for, so that means sometimes we'll have more hymns. Sometimes we won't have less. But the idea is, no, we want to release people. And that's not just for music ministry. That's across the board. We want to release people to conform to Jesus because we know that in order to truly grow to be Christ-like, we have to grow in service. And we want to encourage people to serve because that is the pathway towards imitating Christ. So walk as Jesus walked, right? Obedience and imitation. Now, we, we, yes, we can ask ourselves, all right, what would Jesus do? Serve and build up the body. And we looked at just two little areas, right? I focused on service because Jesus was a servant. I focused on building one another up in community. But really, this is a whole life thing where we say, I want to walk as Jesus walked. Every situation we enter into, we say, all right, what would Jesus, what was his attitude towards, again, the marginalized? We talked about that last week. What, was, what did Jesus say when someone assailed him? What did Jesus do when, and again, we could go down the line, but that's the key, is that what would Jesus do? And we don't want to just emulate him as individuals. We also want to even emulate him in how we do church, Right? It's not just something we each do as individuals. It's no, it's in our DNA of a church that we grow Christ followers, Christ followers. And we encourage every person to grow in Christ, in service, in attitude, in everything. And we help one another to do that because this isn't an individual thing. We can't do it alone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and... Um, First, I, I pray that if there's anyone watching online or here who have not placed their full trust in you, that they would do that now. 
because, Lord, we can't do it on our own. We want to imitate you. We want to be like you. But the fact is, we just aren't. And so, Lord, we gratefully, gratefully respond and, and place our trust in you. Lord, would you um, work in this place? Would you draw us to yourself? And, Lord, we pray that you would be putting in our hearts the the. The, the, your spirit would fill us with the desire to know you, to obey you, and to imitate you. God, we can only do that through your power. So Lord, right now, would you be putting it into our hearts? How can I be like Jesus? Show us, Lord. Each one of us came with a certain struggle. So God, put it into our hearts, a specific thing, how we can reflect you in what we do. And then, Lord, give us the strength and the wherewithal to do that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.